and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me is my old faithful ski racing superfan, Ben Clark. On this episode, we will be looking back at the weekend's battle for the Snow Queen trophy for both men and women, before looking ahead to the weekend's speed action for the women in Altamark Zaukensee and the men head over to Adelboden for tech. Ben, uh, what a weekend of racing. What was your highlight? Uh, probably Petra Vlahova dropping an absolute monster pair of runs yeah. on the entire women's field. Um, we've been saying she's the closest competitor to uh, Schifrin in Slalom and GS for a while, but, well, I know Schifrin made a big mistake, but no one got even close to Vlahova on that. No, she was... Um, I don't know. It, was a, it wasn't a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. And I think uh, Schifrin alluded to it in her post-race interviews that she did um, that... You know the the standard is high and it's moving along quickly. Yeah, granted, it's only Vlahova that's really pushing her. The rest were was it three and a half seconds to Leensberger in third place. So not exactly a tight race where everybody else was concerned. If you were to say to someone at the start, you'd be three and a half seconds off Petra Vlahova. You would not be expecting a second run, let alone a podium. Yeah. Well, well, the men's the men's top thirty for a second run was uh, less than two seconds, so it kind of puts a little bit in perspective about how tight the racing is. But that doesn't detract from from Vlahova's weekend. Schifrin made that mistake on the road, um, did a great recovery, but actually still lost time the rest of the way down the course. You're right, Vlahova put two runs down. She again commented on it in her post-race interview that she was so pleased to put down two proper runs, and she absolutely dominated that weekend. I mean... Watched the race, saw all of the other uh, women's runs, and I just she just seems to have a level of uh, ag- aggression that other people didn't appear to want to ski with. Obviously, they've got it in them, but the likes of Leensberger, who's skiing really well at the moment, we talked about it on the last podcast, especially considering her struggles um, getting her equipment ready yeah. for the start of the season. She's skiing really well, but just looked like she was skiing the course whereas Vlahova looked like she was going after it um, and it makes such a big difference on what's it's a relatively long slalom for the women isn't no, it no no it's, it's no it's yeah I don't think there's anything relative about it I think it is sorry James <laughs> yeah, it does actually it is a long slalom you know it's a 57 to a minute length in, in that and I think is the longest women's slalom in the World Cup um, but yeah I think I was quite impressed with how she handled the pressure because she was leading after the first run in Levy, buckled under the pressure that after Schifrin put down a belting second run charge. And uh, Schifrin looked to have done exactly the same thing. It looked like a great run. She took the lead by uh, over a second and a half. So, you know, it's one of those runs where you're like, wow, Schifrin's put one down. This is going to test Vlahova's mettle. Uh, and she knew. And obviously the, the Vlahova in the start gate would have known that Schifrin had put one down because she would have heard the roars and she would have seen it. And, I, I and, thought, and so yeah it's been quite, yeah, quite the run I thought exactly the same on Schifrin's second run she, I, I was writing the notes I just wrote monster Yeah, that's what I wrote for that second run was monster run um, and it looked incredible it looked like it, it was she Vlahova had such a big lead that I didn't think that would necessarily put her off but I thought she would we'd see a similar kind of run to what we've seen from Schifrin before where she's dominated a first run where she just skis as much as she needs to the whole way yeah. down, doesn't take any unnecessary risks, yeah. attacks the flats um, and keeps the line and the lead in check uh, on the on the steeper or more challenging yeah, sort sections. Of calcula- almost like a calculation. Yeah, and, and Vlahova just went down and got the quickest second run anyway going down last, which <laughs> yeah. is normally what you see from Schifrin. When Schifrin set the fastest run, I was like, oh, well, 
you know, Vlahova doesn't need to do much. She just needs to be wary not to make any massive mistakes. And she said, you know what? I'm going to do what she does to me time and time again and just say no. Even your storming second run is not enough. Yeah, she full powered that second run. And I think it was uh, it was great to see. And I was really impressed with with the way that Schifrin handled herself in that, you know, off the back foot. And I think she's... I don't think she expects it. It's it's us externally that expect Schifrin to put on her skis and get to the bottom in first place. I, I don't actually think it's her at all. But um, I guess in some respects for her, it would have been disappointing. But at the same time, she has to hold her hands up and say, I was beaten by a better racer. She wasn't beaten because she made a mistake. She just got beaten by a better racer on the day. And I think that the time difference will be what will probably upset Schifrin. She won't mind losing to Vlahova. Obviously, she doesn't like losing, but... I know what you're saying. The fact that anyone could beat her by over a second will will motivate her for the next uh, slalom that we see her in. There was a, a good battle for third place. Yeah, bearing in mind, yeah, like I say, it was uh, over three and a half seconds off, but there was a good battle. Leonsberger picking up a, a great podium um, on, with the final step. Wendy Holdner had a great second run. Anna Sven Larsen, Nina Harva Loseth, Katarina Truppe, and now new youngster Annaline Dano of Switzerland. So it was quite, it was good tight racing in and amongst those ladies. Um, and uh, I kind of thought that Holdner looked like she had it and then just sort of a couple of little trip ups, a little couple of errors down the bottom, uh, and she didn't quite make it. But I think the snow played a big part in. In that, I remember, especially after the first run, lots of the reports were coming in saying that uh, that the snow conditions were skied very differently to how they looked on inspection and how it felt in the free skiing in the morning. Because you're allowed to ski on the hill, you're allowed to do one run on the race hill in the morning because it's an afternoon race, so you were able to get a bit of peace time. And they said that with the the, the temperatures got cooler in the evening, obviously, um, and it just meant the snow conditions were quite tricky. Uh, for them to try and pick up not one uh, snowflake on that entire mountain was natural it was quite impressive so the croats had basically made this snow in a factory in a warehouse and then shipped it back onto the mountain and just and you know put it on it's not bad is it they're making if only if it was cold enough to do that here it'd be brilliant well they were more of our own factory based snow yeah well they were saying actually that they can make snow they've got the technology now to make snow up to i think it sounds crazy saying it but up to like 20 degrees apparently now that there is technology how to make snow obviously it doesn't last very long (laughs) (laughs) once it's made in 20 degrees but so it was quite impressive uh, and the race surface was awesome, absolutely held up from start to finish. Really unfortunate that neither British girls made it into the second round. A little bit um, disappointed. I think that's fair to say they would have been disappointed as well. Yeah, Charlie is the slalom specialist, will, will probably be the, the most disappointed. Obviously, Alex had a, a, a great time out in, in Killington before, uh, where she had a great weekend GS and slalom, but... It's not her primary discipline. She's starting a bit further back. You you wouldn't say you expect her to make second runs, whereas Charlie is the slalom specialist. You, you, and starting in the 30s, you, you'd hope she'd be able to make up that time. But as we saw that uh, section where the road was, uh, as it was being talked about towards the end of the weekend, the road jump. There's not many slalom pieces in the world as <laughs> referred to having a jump in it. Yeah. Um, but it really, on on both runs, on both days... It was causing such problems for people. It, it, it is literally like some of the 
um, ramps you've seen in the city events where it actually goes uphill. People yeah. like being well, kicked in the middle of turns through the air, which makes it really hard to, to time what you're doing on it. And I think a few people really got caught out by those. And also with the lack of snow just means that there's, n- there's not a lot of volume underneath the surface so obviously that all of those abrupt edges to you know the bank before the road then the road then the bank after the road there's nothing to smooth that out because it's just a case of they've just got a layer of of man-made snow from the factory onto the piste that's as much as we got yeah and if that's on a mountain uh in the middle of a ski resort that's got a road through it because they've had enough snow so far that year that the severity of the of the drop and the jump, so to speak, would be much, much lessened. Um, so, shall we move on to the men's race? That uh, We were treated to an absolute battle royale, uh, especially on the second run. Um, but the first run was awesome. It was really cool. Uh, that banana gate, uh, again, on the road was, was causing havoc with loads of skiers. And I quite like the fact that it wasn't necessarily a... Um, a tricky set it was just you know something else to think about but what what a weekend Clemmer Noel taking uh, his first victory of the season of this season yeah definitely. yeah of this season uh, Ramon Zenhuizen taking second place and Alex Vinazza of Italy picking up his first ever World Cup podium yeah it was brilliant I did text you and say did you think that the set was a bit silly on the first run or just the way people skied it because so many people were messing it up the, I looked at it and when the amount of people were going through it with both feet in the air, one foot in the air, one foot behind them, whatever combination it was, I kind of kept looking at the set and just thinking, does it need to be there? Is it challenging or has it been set, not impossibly, but in a manner that's more difficult than it needs to be? And I just, the way people ski it, so many people were tight on the first gate of the banana and then were trying to whilst negotiating with the floor not being there come off the edges so they didn't straddle the second gate or go inside it I just thought perhaps a few people just really got the line wrong and they could have actually been a lot wider on the first one and just let that turn arc out but in slalom you're so used to being almost boots on every gate that they didn't think they could and obviously I'm not a World Cup slalom racer so I don't know but that the fact that so many of them got it wrong was the reason why I text you and said is that just a bad set rather than the athletes? I don't think it was a bad set I, because um, I spoke to Jai, who is one of Dave's coaches, after they'd inspected. Uh, so I had a good chat to him uh, and it, the course had been set by a young Swiss coach. And he said when, after his inspection, before anybody had skied it, Jai was saying, it's a really nice set. It's fairly open. There's no bogey gates in there. There's no sort of, there's no tricks. It's set by a youngster. So he doesn't necessarily, he's not trying to, do anything crazy because it's his first time setting a world cup so what i actually think was um that it was fine it was just the piece made it tricky i think if the if it had been a less abrupt roll i don't think we would have been talking about it but my take on that section i don't know if any of you guys saw it and, and if you did see it it'd be interesting to see what your opinion on it is so drop us a message on twitter or, or via the email if you want to have your say. But I think actually what they should have done, because it was a hairpin into the banana on the road. And mm. I think what they were doing is they were they were trying to be tight on the first gate with a bit of direction, which just meant that they were then having to release the edge f- to make the second banana gate, whether that was by design or whether that was accidental because they were in the air, <laughs> which we saw Pantro come uh, a cropper because they actually DQ'd him, didn't they, briefly? Um, because they thought he'd straddled 
in the air of that second gate, which they decided he didn't. But that's uh, a separate point. But actually, what I think they should have been doing is coming out of that hairpin and running it a little bit straighter so that you then weren't putting all your pressure on at the bottom of the compression at the start of the road at the first gate at the banana. Actually, I think what you should have been doing is coming in a little bit more direct because there was space after it so that you can just get a little bit of direction but don't have your ski fully bent up at the bottom of the compression. But um, I don't know. The world's best didn't seem to do it like that, and uh, who am I to tell them that they should have been doing it a different way? And, that's, and you mentioned it on commentary, and we've talked about it um, previously. Sometimes when a few people make a massive mistake in the same place, on the same gate, in a row, sometimes it, it pushes back to everyone else at the top of the hill, yeah. and they start overthinking it. So some of the people later in the field that skied it completely fine was so far off time-wise because they thought, oh, I'm going to end up upside down if I go flat yeah. through, flat out through the hairpin. Yeah. So you could see people almost standing up in the hairpin, coming right off the gas. Just to get through. Just to go, oh, well, I skied it really smoothly. I was like, well, being smooth is one thing, but if yeah. most of the people who went through it at peculiar body positions, to say the least, were going flat out when they did it. Absolutely. Uh, it was a hugely tight race. That first run, like I say, less than two seconds to make the 30. Uh, and then on the second run, there were only 29 finishers. Uh, Giuliano Razzoli was the uh, 29th finisher, but he was less than three seconds, 2.86 seconds off the win, and he was in 29th place. So it just shows Third you... Third place in the women's. Yeah, so, well, it shows you the, the depth of, of talent that is in the men's, especially on the slalom, I say especially on the tech side, probably in, in group it all together. But what I was super impressed with was loads of high numbers. It showed that the piece held up really well yet again. You had Luke Winters backing up his first run from um, Valdezere uh, when he went into, what was it, third place on the first run? Second, second place? Second fastest, yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, and then, so backing up, getting another point score. Yeah, only 28th, but Bib 41, uh, Tom, uh, Tommaso Sala, Bib 38 in a second run. Timon Haugen, Bib 56. Eric Reed, Bib 47. Uh, and then if you go a little bit higher up, you had Lucas Brathen, the 19-year-old Norwegian, in sixth place from Bib 48. Uh, and then Alex Vin- Vinatza, Bib 26 into third. Armand uh, Marchand, the uh, Belgian, who's actually, I think, a bit more French than he is Belgian, but races for Belgium. Uh, and he was in fifth from Bib 40. So... You know, there are guys coming left, right and centre. And if you have one mistake, you, you're nowhere. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, I think yourself or Nick mentioned a commentary that Marchant has had an absolute ton of knee surgeries. And he's only, was he, he was quite young as well. 24. 24. 24, seven knee surgeries. And as you were reading that out on the commentary I was watching, <laughs> and the notes I wrote were, no wonder he's had so many knee surgeries because his approach is just lay his knees over as far <laughs> as he possibly can. And there's no gentle initiation of no, the turn until no. you get the grip. It's just, we're tilting these bad boys right over and then putting all of the pressure I can muster yeah. on at once. Um, I don't obviously want to see anyone get injured, and he did ski that second run beautifully, but you can see the force going through his knees. It looks incredible I think he's um, actually quickest on the second run it was a, yeah it was an amazing performance uh, and the same as Lucas Brathen I think he had a, a pretty good result early on in the season I remember us talking about him being one of the people who'd shot him from a pretty high bib number yeah, already yeah, so yeah. 
backing up these performances is, is really important for some of these guys with high numbers, not just getting a result in the top 30, but if you can get one in the top 10 and well, then back it up again. Yeah, we talk about the World Cup start list, the WCSL list, which is obviously, we talked about it on earlier in the uh, season with, on the podcast, we talked about that is the points list that dictates where you start. So um, it's it's mental. So you need, so Alex Vinatza now has got... Um, He's picked up 60 World Cup points from that. And I think he is still only 24th or something like that on the World Cup start list. So only just, it means that the next race, instead of starting, um, uh, tw- you know, up there with the big guns, which you would expect, and, you know, as a podium skier from this season, it means it, it takes him a little bit longer to get into the world's best start list. So it's uh, it's quite interesting how that plays out. But it means that you don't you can't just ski for points because it's a little bit pointless. If you, yeah, that's just, more for when you're it. much higher start numbers just yeah. to get into that kind of closer to the 30 part. Um, and, and speaking of people that, uh, you know, might be in a bit of trouble with their um, WCSL points, no Austrians in the top 10. No. You know, I, I, another injury, uh, Hirschbuhl injured yeah. in training the day before the Austrians are dropping like flies I don't know if it's their training methods their strength and conditioning uh, their physios under really bad they, luck under but I mean Michael Matt was up there on the first run skied out on the second run looked, he looked, looked, good. To be, yeah. looked to be skiing a bit more like his old self but again you know Marco Schwartz in 11th uh, and, and Manny Feller Few weeks off back surgery, straight back in the mix. Yeah, on some of the <laughs> most compact snow conditions that he, you would have skied on, with a jump uh, yeah. and bouncing around all yeah. over the place. Not sure it was the wisest decision, but well, he, he's scored, he scored points, you know. And at the end of the day, he's he is doing his best to to be in there in a in the hunt for a title. And yeah, he finished in twelfth, but you know, it gives them it gives them a shout. Uh, a disappointing day for Dave riding. Yeah, 18th, they finished up. Probably not what he would have wanted going into it. I think we both said last week, you know, top 10, top 5 is what we want to see, that that kind of area. We saw some of the turns from Dave, again, both runs, a few sections of the run. He looked like the Dave we saw on that um, first run in, in Levy. The, the attack was there, the intent was there, um, certainly ripping it in certain sections. But other bits, once the rhythm's gone... Just took him a few gates to get back into it and rebuild the speed, which when you're looking at the likes of, of Clement Noel floating down, his, his rhythm and his momentum doesn't ever appear to be yeah. broken. Even when there's a clear mistake, he still seems to be moving yeah. down, flowing down the hill um, where, where Dave didn't quite manage that. I mean, he's he's getting results. They're just not the ones we want from him in terms of being right up in that in that top field. But... Like you said, there's a lot of slalom to come this month. And if you can keep stacking up the results and, and gradually improving, it's, you're not going to go, oh, 18th one week, first the next. Well, I hope he does. But um, it just needs to build the confidence yeah. in his turns. And the more sections of gates you put together, the more confident you feel that it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. Yeah, he, it was it was a real mixed bag. It was, he had, yeah, like you say, great sections in the, the flat section where you'd expect Dave to be quick. Uh, underneath that banner, right in the middle of the of the Zagreb piece, he was the second quickest through that section. He was uber fast out of the start on the first run. Um, yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. I think that he just when when he loses the the rhythm, when he loses the 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 tempo, 
I think he really struggles to to get it back, and I think those last few turns uh, were were just not not his greatest, and I don't think they really uh, will live long in his memory. But he, he was fairly honest off the back of it. Well, he was very honest off the back of it. Said that he was disappointed. That it wasn't what he wanted to do, um, and it's uh, and if nothing else, it fires him up again going into Madonna, which is going to be one of his most fa- you know one of his favourite hills. On a plus side, beat Christofferson. So normally that's yeah, a, well, normally a plus side if you're beating Henrik down the slalom course. Yeah, that's very true. That's a, he had an absolute nightmare, Henrik, didn't he? Both runs really. To, uh, you, that's what you were saying before we came live. I, I tend to agree. Certainly on the second run, he got himself into his frothing at the mouth state in the start gate, which at times has, has really worked for him. But just from the first couple of turns, you could see he was pushing so hard on the skis they were breaking away and it just it was never going to be his day but he wanted to do one of those I'm going to set the fastest second run jump 10 places in the in the standings and try and keep my kind of overall and my slalom points mm. alive and it just mm. it just backfired a bit for him yeah I don't I think again another week another person that will just have to scrap that weekend and not uh it won't live long in the memories well they're moving quickly on we won't really talk about it now um because we previewed it in the last pod but the men are racing in uh, Madonna di Campiglio in Italy and a night slalom which is coming up yes. on Wednesday evening uh, which depending on when you listen to this is tomorrow uh, the 8th so it's uh, it's going to be a good one before we move on and just who did you who did you call for that for for Madonna, Madonna or for Zagreb because oh. I believe I picked Clement Noel for <laughs> I just, Zagreb I, just tried to, I tried to gloss over that one so that you didn't get a chance I know I thought, I thought I'd it's two in a row Ben yeah um, <laughs> um, I picked Marco Schwartz um, for the Madonna slalom and you picked Zenhuizen I think Zenhuizen based on the skiing uh, he showed in Zagreb is probably the better of those two picks yeah, well, but you, Schwartz you... looks like he's starting to find his form again Picking him for the win is probably a bit too soon, but it's good to see that he's starting to show yeah, some of his former fold. But you did, yeah, you did manage to cl- get uh, Clement Noel right. Yes, exactly. Uh, and who did you pick for the third place on the podium for the women? Because I think we gave it to Schifrin and Bohova, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> um, I'd, I'd said Anna Swen Larson, and you said Wendy. Uh, neither of us were right. So I was closer, so. <laughs> <laughs> not bad picks. Not, not bad, bad picks. Yeah, it's, it's, We do roughly know what we're talking about, but just, I think, scattergun approach to, get, to getting, to getting it right. Just make it interesting. After, after, after picking the favourites for like three weeks, it gets boring, and then exactly. we just start picking people we think uh, outside chances. Okay, so shall we move on to what we're expecting from this coming weekend? The women are racing downhill and alpine combined, which is a Super G alpine combined, in Altamark Zaukensee over in Austria. It's a really cool piece. The race there a few times in Europa Cup. Um, it's, there's a lot of terrain. There's some decent jumps. It's, uh, it's quite tricky with some of the light patches. It comes through, depending on obviously the, the, what's going on above your head, but it's a dapple lighting. There's some dark shades and bright lights. Uh, so it's quite a, it's a really fun one to watch. And I, I expect um, the women to have a good time battling down that hill. Yeah. You know what the Austrian fans are like as well. They generally make a good, uh, a good event for people to go to. Um, interesting one for this one, certainly in terms of, uh, this weekend, if we'll see Schifrin or not, um, we we talked last week about how crazy the schedule is going to be. Obviously, an alpine alpine combined, she would be 
well, she's the favourite pretty much any race she, she comes yeah. to. But um, it'd be interesting to see if this is one she chooses to go to or not. Two races in a, in one day might be something she considers she doesn't want to do. I spoke um, briefly to uh, Killian Albrecht, who is uh, Michaela Schifrin's manager, is an ex um, Austrian World Cupper that then switched to Bulgaria, I believe, uh, for the last couple of years of his uh, racing season. He's now um, Schifrin's manager, as um, he's also Dave's manager as well which is uh, which is a good sort of uh, good thing to tee up with Michaela see if he can Dave can sort of grab some of Michaela's sponsorship deals I was going to say skis oh yeah all skis <laughs> uh, wrong brand but yeah all skis um, but uh, he was saying that they hadn't made a call as of Zagreb they hadn't decided whether she would go and do um, the races in Zalkenzay he was talking about it and I tend I mean he's obviously not the coach so he doesn't really know in terms of you know making the call but I'd be surprised if she was to go racing on the downhill but then if you're going to do the Super G Alpine combined you'd be almost silly not to especially to do the training runs it's good time on the speed skis it's good time on the hill uh, and it's racing and they're going to be in Austria anyway because they're racing Flakau night slalom on the 14th so she's going to be in that neck of the woods yeah I, th- I th- I think the likelihood is she she will. There hasn't been any talk openly in the press about managing the schedule. It'll probably come a bit later in the month. Yeah. Um, and also when, as you mentioned, some of the travelling's a bit further. If the next two rounds of races are in the same country, it means you can just pitch up in one area yeah. uh, and not have to travel too much. And if you are, it's just in a bus or coach or a very fancy car. Yeah. Um, as opposed to flying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she'd be sitting quite comfortably in some not, not in a swanky minibus, Audi. Used yeah. to. <laughs> no, no, no. Not in a minibus not with skis. Not maybe a shoulder. around, no, I don't think so. Uh, so, yeah, the women are racing downhill Saturday. Uh, and who is your money on? I don't know. We've seen some pretty good stuff so far this season. Uh, obviously, we're missing around because the women's entire weekend in... Uh, in in Val was was lost. So yes, we uh, missed that downhill. Yeah, they've not actually. Yeah, they've not actually raced uh, downhill since the seventh of December, which is back in Lake Louise. So they've had a fair time away from competition. Have the speed ladies? Do we know if Ludeca's snowboarding this weekend or skiing? Oh, she's probably or doing she's, that. She, maybe she's, she's taken up cross country or something. Just yeah, to, she's been doing the four hills while she while yeah. she's been waiting. It surprised me if she won at that as well. Um, so Ledeca's been skiing really well. We've seen some, uh, obviously, Schifrin is brilliant. And we've seen Ravensburg do um, some some pretty good skiing as well. I think she's won a Super G, so she's there in the speed events. Um, my pick for the downhill uh, was uh, Corinne Souter, who's currently third in the standings. She's had one of those kind of like good all-round years so far. She's looking like she's competing in a lot of races um, so uh, that's who I went for. for this one. Uh, and I went for Schmidhofer. That's not the most exciting of picks, seeing as she's second in the downhill standing. It's a tough one to call because they've had such a long time away from the away from the snow, away from the racing uh, hills. Anyway, uh, other than that, uh, Godia could do okay, just because it's a bit of a sort of a bit more of a gnarly hill. So it's going to take somebody that wants to attack it, take it by the scruff of the neck. So. Yeah, she could she could easily step in there. I think she's got the skill set to be able to rock up on most days in a speed event and pick up a podium here or there anyway. So Yeah, we've not seen as much from Stuhetch this year as no, we have done has, previously. No, it's a, a, a bit of a shame. I was kinda of looking forward to both her and Godja being fit at the same at the same time. Yeah. Um 
as you said, you've, you've raced on this hill before. Do you imagine this hill is something that will suit Goggia's all-out, non-stop attack style? Or is this one that might prove a bit difficult for her if there's a bit too much going on? Uh, I think it's one to be you know, a bit ballsy with, a bit more attacking. It's got some, like I say, got some good jumps. Um, do I, th- it'll, I think the snow conditions will be crucial. If it's icy and... Uh, and uh, a bit more gnarly, I think, then she's probably got more of a shout than somebody that's a bit more smooth, like uh, Suter or maybe, you know, or Schmidhofer. So we'll, we'll sort of see what how that unfurls. Uh, the Alpine Combined, it's a Super G Alpine Combined, so it takes a slightly different turn on it. It's the uh, same format as we had for the men's already this season. So the Slalom run will be going second and it will be in time order. So whoever wins the Super G run goes first in the Slalom run, so it gives a speed race is a bit more of an edge um who do i think is going to come off on top of that one uh i'm not going to say wendy holdner because i feel like that's maybe my pick your pick is that your pick <laughs> <laughs> is that your pick well, it's, she, well, it's shifrin if she races or wendy yeah so i think yeah the, the I two most Schif- dominant Schif- combined racers in female ski yeah uh i might go oh, mm, mm. there aren't a, a huge number of full I guess crossovers. I mean, Gassin, she's all of a sudden skiing really well. Obviously, she podiumed in slalom a couple of weeks ago, uh, so she could do really well. But I think uh, I may left field a little bit and say Brunoni, just because she's been on fire recently. And I've, if memory serves correctly, I don't think the slalom hill is hugely tricky. I might have just absolutely made that one up though so maybe (laughs) that's what I'm picturing in my head that I don't remember it being that tricky but I was never that good at slalom so I'm not really sure if that's the case of me just not thinking it's that difficult (laughs) we'll find out Um, so and then they race um, Flakow night slalom which we'll preview quickly but it's uh, uh, Tuesday next week apart from I think we can't say Schiffen or Vlahova I think it's a head and shoulders Above, you know, it's almost a toss of the coin. Um, I think Schifrin will. I do. I think Schifrin step up, and I think Schifrin's going to win that one. Do you think that? What are you? What are you? I mean, my, my initial uh, jottings down on the pad was was Blahova just to keep the run going. Um, I guess a lot of that will depend on just how much Schifrin wants to set the record straight. Um, again, you know, the the picks we've had for the last couple of races as well, um, with you picking Wendy, me, uh, Sven Larsen, uh, you know. They're all capable, but it you you feel like it would require Schifrin or Vlahova to or to both. make a mistake, or both, both of yeah. them to have a bad day yeah. for one of them to 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 really step in. Um, so, do you want to pick your third place women's? I'm gonna go Swen Larson again. You're gonna you're gonna back that one up. Yeah. Um, I am going to say I'm I'm gonna stick with Leonsberger, Austrian in Austria. Um, I think that she is gonna just have a slightly bigger edge just because I think the home crowd's going to be behind her. Schifrin, I think, is going to take this one. It's around the corner from the Atomic Factory. Um, I think the the Austrians are sort of adopting her as an Atomic superstar. So uh, I that's what I think about the Flakow night time. But we also have a men's weekend of awesome action. I absolutely can't wait. This is one of my favourite weekends, even as a downhiller, this Adelboden weekend. This hill is brilliant it has everything <laughs> I was going to say it's got it all it's, it's it literally does so out, out the, in, in the GS it's out the start and it's rolly all the way down uh, there's lots of rolls lots of side hills or, there's a couple of drop downs there's a few flat sections and then there is 
the wall. Uh, there is, there's the free fall section. Should we just call it the free fall? There's this, the bring a parachute bit. Yeah, the yeah. bit <laughs> where your skis don't really touch the snow uh, and then into just a wall of Swiss noise. I was going to say, yeah, there's two walls. There's the wall that you ski down and there's the wall of noise pushing you back <laughs> up that really steep hill that you're yeah. trying to get to the bottom of. Uh, exactly. So uh, I absolutely can't wait to watch that. Uh, we have the GS on Saturday and the slalom on Sunday. Um Wow, it's just going to be, it's going to be a belter. It is, and it'll be interesting to see, I, I meant to ask you about this um, when we were talking about the uh, slalom in, in Zagreb. Has there been any word on Pantero's adductor injury? Because it was all of the rage before the combined uh, that he won with considerable ease, and then surprisingly nothing at all before the slalom. And he, he performed okay in the slalom, made some mistakes, but he didn't look in pain at any point. No, well, I have to have to say, I don't think he looked in pain, even in Bormio, which was after that, which was after the injury. So, um, I, I don't know. It sounds a bit like I'm, I don't know, a bit a bit harsh, maybe. But sometimes I feel like it's it was a bit of smoke and mirrors. I feel like it was maybe. Uh, I'm a, not a doctor, and I, I don't know how much if he is in pain or not just a little caveat to that but uh, I feel like it was maybe a bit smoke and mirrors I think that um, yes he obviously picked up a knock and I'm sure that he I don't think he was lying in terms of being you know there's a six millimeter tear in my adductor but um, I think it was fine I think they were he was a bit more annoyed at having to race in those conditions in um, no it wasn't it was in Alta Badia um, for that parallel I think he was a bit annoyed Panther Christofferson had had a moan about the conditions, even though he won. Pantero uh, tweaked his adductor and came out, didn't do a great result, obviously, because he he missed a couple gates. So I think he was a bit pissed at that. And so I feel like it's just a bit of a culmination of a bad weekend because he, he doesn't seem to have any lasting damage, whether he's just shut up about it, which maybe he has, and, you know, um, and if he has and he is in pain, then good on him because he's not putting that down as an excuse. Yeah, you feel... The heel in Adelboden as well isn't one that will lend itself to the slightly, uh, I say, fella esque skiers. <laughs> Not that there are many out there like him, no. um, but you feel like th- this hill is one of the ones where, yes, obviously it's a World Cup ski race, you're going to be attacking, but you need someone with that bit more touch when you're coming down the wall or the free fall or, or however you describe it. You know, is this the kind of hill you can see? Tommy Ford looking a bit more like himself because he certainly didn't look as much like himself last week. There was a lot of talk about the snow uh, and whether that was the same. Um, there's definitely not going to be any hero snow rocking around in Adelboden. No, absolutely not. Um, I don't think this is going to suit Tommy. I really don't. Um, and I think I think I may have said it would have done previously, but I think he had such a suboptimal weekend little piece of like that yeah like, like that nice little dodge of <laughs> <laughs> rubbish yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he had a, a suboptimal weekend of, of racing in uh Alta Badia and then I just don't think that uh, maybe his confidence has taken a knock he seems like a pretty cool calm character I've, I've met him a couple of times but um, only just to sort of in passing so I don't really know him that well in terms of how he's able to pick himself up after a bad result again maybe some of uh, our US listeners will be able to 
give us a bit more info into what sort of person he is when he's uh, on form or picking himself back up after a couple of uh, iffy results. So uh, I don't know. It, I, I feel like it's going to be one of the guys that's a bit more solid and consistent and to be able to then back, you know, this is a hill, you know, the top section, there's so much terrain that you make a mistake and it's easily, it's very easy for that to, to have a knock-on effect and that mistake to last for a couple of turns, which I think actually was one of the reasons why Hirscher was so good because anytime he did make a mistake, it was done, it was finished. The mistake had happened and he was over it. Whereas I think, you know, that was one of the reasons he was so good because any mistakes were finished. Whereas in a conditions like this with the terrain, I think it's really easy for that just to accumulate into a negative time. And how do you reckon this piece lends itself to a friend of the podcast, Charlie Raposo? Um, back from injury? Oh, he is, is back now? He is back. He is back, yeah. He had a little uh, summer break. He went down to Portugal to work on his suntan and his Instagram. <laughs> and then, Good work, Charlie. Uh, and, um, and now he's back. Uh, yeah, he's been back training. It look, look, looks like he's ripping. He's put up a couple of videos um, of what he's been up to. So is it going to... It's a tough one. To, to break into because it's, it's hugely dependent obviously on the snow it's hugely dependent on the set coming over onto that free fall uh, bit towards the finish area so he's got a good chance but, but like we talked about so stacked in there absolutely jam-packed full of talent so um, he's got a good shout he's got a good shot but I think it's going to it's going to take his best work and it's going to take error-free work he had some good results before injuring himself, didn't he? I seem to remember yeah. some of the uh, other guys, uh, Luke and Marcel from the podcast, saying that he'd, he'd had a, uh, some good results in some Europa Cups Yeah, really as well. good Europa Cup results. So he knows the form's there. Yeah, OK, he's had some time off injured, but if the form's there, that's fine. Um, just bring it with you. Uh, and, you know, you're going to love performing in front of that crowd, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's nothing like uh, getting to the finish and having just you know an army of flags waving at you I mean cowbells cowbells yeah cheese everywhere the Swiss flags <laughs> going in. that happened to me at the bottom of Egan but I was unfortunately just in a heap on the floor <laughs> much too tired throwing cheese at you <laughs> much too tired to be able to look around I think I was probably in black just, in darkness just creeped over my whole vision as I was fighting for breath um, but yeah no it's a cool place to go and, I, and I'm absolutely going to love watching it who Ben is going to win Got, I've narrowed it down to two names. Oh, well done! Yeah, uh, yeah, good stuff. Are you thinking joint winner? Yeah, exact same time. Um, <laughs> no, I just wasn't. I'm trying to work out what I thought it would suit more. I had, I had Kranich and Pantro with the two people I had down. You know, they're both brilliant technical skiers. I don't know if similar to what you're saying about Tommy Ford could be this said the same for Kranich. He seems to get in such a beautiful rhythm are the, you know, the breaks in rhythm and the extremes that Adelboden throws up going to be a bit too much for him or does it play into his smoothness and technical ability? So mm. it's a bit of a, a bit of a catch-22. So I th- I'm going to go with Kranich, see what happens. He's skiing brilliantly. Um, he had a good result in the slalom as well to, to keep yeah, his yeah, confidence really up. That's true. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, he's, he's second in the standards, but... We're, I feel like we don't really know where the GS Tour is at the moment. No, no. It's too it's too early in the season, yeah, really. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, my picks were Pantero, um, but also before you before you lock before I get locked in to that, um, I actually think you doing two as well. Sneaky, Enjoy top times. A sneaky outsider is uh, Life Nesfold Haugen, Norwegian. I just I've just got a feeling. 
So do you I'll want him her. rather than Pantaro? Or? Uh, no, no. no. Okay, you want Pantaro. Uh, no, I think so if Halgan wins, I don't want to hear any, I picked him, you, I picked him off you. No. Just not going to count. <laughs> no. If you want him, you've got to pick him. No, no, no. I, um, no, I think I think this is going to suit Pantaro. I think this is going to... Yeah, I, I really do. I think he's got this one. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll leave you locked in for Pantaro. Lock, yeah, lock, lock me in. Lock me in. Uh, and then the last race of the weekend is the men's slalom. I've got and... three for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, it's a, a belter of a track, obviously not from the, the very top uh, of the GS. That but, would be a slalom. Yeah, uh, but it's, um, again, it obviously throws everything at everybody. Uh, and I'm, I can't wait to actually see where the chips are going to lie in the slalom standing as well, because I think, again, we've had another cracking weekend this weekend of anybody can win pretty much um and nobody is skiing to any sort of playbook not consistently no um you know at the moment the top three is noel mira and christopherson um and and pantro's you know won a race so and he's not in the top few yet so um he's just outside in the standings but it does appear to be there's not in previous years, you've been okay. Well, Hersha Christofferson, <laughs> yeah. and then you've been picking the third place, like yeah. we're doing in the ladies. A bit like we do with uh, Schifrin and Vlahova. Um, and yeah, so the three I narrowed it down to were, were Zenhausen, just off the back of that yeah. brilliant uh, uh, both runs, really. Only lost by 700 yeah. this weekend, yeah. so looked much more like the form he had a couple of years ago. Clement Noel, just to keep riding that, you know, super smooth. Yeah. Uh, French horse all the way to all yeah. of the victories he's going to get in his career yeah. or Christofferson because he will be so mad um, at not performing that mm. he will want to get it all back um, so he's let me down a couple of times but I might go Christofferson just because he loves having a point to prove I know you get mad when he's got a chip on his shoulder and he gets all leery and complainy <laughs> and whingy but I feel like he's kind of set himself up nicely I just hope he doesn't win the GS otherwise he'll have nothing to prove oh, yeah, that's true um, but yeah I think I think I'll go with Christofferson I mean any one of those three could or, or any one of another five guys that yeah. is, is brilliant uh, um, yeah I, I, that's not a bad shout I don't I don't think he's going to do it I think he's going to be trying too hard again that's how that's I'll pick someone else then (laughs) you've got more right than me I think so far so uh, again you you crack on Um, but I I think I I don't see him doing it this time I kind of see Zenhoisen doing it again um, but I don't think Clement Noel is going to do it I think that smooth style just on that wall, I think it just takes something else. I think on that free fall, it takes something just to bite a little bit harder down there. Uh, Daniel Yule, I think his form hasn't been quite there this season. Uh, it's not so, been great, but he's certainly got that bit more kind of strength and power than Noel's. Oh, got. yeah, yeah. Michael Matt is Ooh. who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Michael Matt. I know that's... Get for Austrian in front of the Swiss, trying to rile people up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that might just... It, he hasn't performed at all this season. But I was really impressed with the stuff that I saw from him at the weekend in Zagreb. Uh, and I think, I, I just feel like he is had a blip at the start of the season. And I feel like he's got his act together. And I, and I feel like he's solid, he's experienced, and he's powerful. Um, and, and maybe that's going to be the key. What odds do you reckon you get on Fella not finishing the GS or the slalom? Double, double no finish. <laughs> double, double bail. I think you've probably got 
better odds on that than you have him finishing both, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> With that back injury, down there, that man is going to be superhuman. Superhuman, and if he gets down there... It's uh, you know, so uh, exciting, though. I was so, I was so glad. Bulging discs. I was Oof. so glad when I saw them post it. I thought when I saw the post go up on Instagram from the Austrian Ski Federation men's page, uh, it, it said, you know, oh, uh, uh, Manny Feller is, is, is kind of back. I thought he was going to say he's back in training and we'll be yeah. seeing him in a few weeks' time. It's like he's, he's making his comeback in Zagreb this weekend. He's just like, actually back. I was just like, the last post was him in a hospital bed with tubes in his nose <laughs> with his, doing his thumbs up that he's just had back surgery. Yeah. And the last post before that was, was you know, celebrating becoming a dad. He's having a busy year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. What do you want to see from Dave? Um, what tough do you want to hill. see from Dave? Tough it's, hill for it's Dave. not. It's yeah. It is a tough hill from Dave because it's that super extreme change of tempo that that I personally we uh, we're in the same boat here that think that that's his major um, kryptonite. Yeah, well, it's just a, a point of focus. I mean, it's you know he's still top twenty in the world. He's still podiums in World Cup. He's still an absolute man to be reckoned with on the slalom tour and and he will be for some time but I feel like it's it's definitely going to be tricky I think a lot of it will depend on how he gets on um with the race Madonna on, in Madonna which is obviously depending on when you read this listen to this on the Wednesday the 8th of this month obviously um so uh I think if anything t- I think he I think if he can get I think a top 15 down there is a good day for Dave yeah, I'd say if anything, the, the pressure's off because it is a hill that doesn't necessarily suit him as much. You know what? They just rip it, just go for it. But the pressure's also on because of the because of WCSL. All I don't know about that. It's just go. Uh, yeah, just go. He, I mean, he's, that's, he, he said at the start of the year when you did the podcast with him, this year he was going to stop thinking about it and just go. And I, re- I really hope he carries it on because some of the skiing when he has done it this year has been has been brilliant, and I just yeah. want to see that same attitude, not reckless, but just. I don't. I don't have to finish. I want to go as fast as I can. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. Let's go, Dave. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, he's going to win a Madonna on Wednesday anyway, and then doesn't matter. Then once he wins, we can start picking him. Yeah. 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 But only once he starts winning. Um, okay. That's all we have time for right now. Uh, if you haven't given us a like or a share, uh, make sure you do that, please. Uh, and we will be back. In uh, a week's time, we may stop in, depending on how Wednesday night goes, and do a a cheeky short pod. But otherwise, we will catch you after this coming weekend's action. That's all we've got time for. Goodbye for now.